is up, guys? We are in Moab, Utah for Easter Jeep Safari, and this is part two of our Moab, Utah, or, you know, technically it's part three because we did do one on the way here. That's true. And I believe we were in Utah by the time we finished. That actually is true. Yeah, You're right. but you whatever. This is, this is part two of uh, the full official piece that we're doing overlooking the amazing and awesome Schaefer Trail. Oh, man. This setting is just stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's... Do you guys hear that echo? Can you Try hear that? do it one more time because it was rad. Yeah! Oh, that's so cool. Dude, so we are out here <laughs> overlooking this just valley. I just noticed that spire right there. Yeah, dude. I didn't there's even know that was there. Cool geology and geography. Oh my gosh. All over Utah. And Moab is just an amazing, amazing piece of that. Yeah. So well, let's jump right into it, man. I mean, when we were doing part part one we yep. left off at um at dinner yep. right post we we're wrapping up dinner oh, with man, uh, this is where it gets good with yukon and yeah this is where the, the kind of gets nutty um we're, you know we're dinner with uh with yukon uh the sexton racing team supplied an incredible Steaks. outfit yeah all of Slaw, it sugar. um ollie's been convinced to continue on and so <laughs> you know yeah i was actually you know uh, giving everybody an out because I was one of the oh totally the most top heavy rigs totally. of the group and it was a Yukon gear and a Huxle, uh run so you had some very purpose built rigs right on location right ready to do some really hardcore stuff um, but yeah I got I got talked back into you know staying the course by both uh, Yukon as well as our um, our host and spotter Dusty Sexton yep uh, Sexton Racing. And uh, and I'm so glad I did. Yeah. So you know we set off into the darkness, right? Lights on. Literally, and it was it was starting to drizzle. Starting to drizzle, and you know you're worried the Pitch rocks black. are getting slick. And I tell him like, no man, you know, been, given my background in cycling and you know more specifically mountain biking, I was like, What'd no, you call dude. It? You called it something. I said, no, dude. This is not a bad thing. It's not raining enough for it to be a bad thing. It's just a light rain, kind of a drizzle. I said, this right here, bro. This is hero dirt. Hero dirt. This is that super. I like that hero dirt. This is where the dirt gets nice and tacky, right? It's not that kind of sloshy, sandy stuff, and it's not muddy. It's right in the middle where at night, where it gets real tacky. You can lean into just it, carve into it. You can carve into it, and you can just lean into it and shred. I go, this is good stuff, man. That is one thing I'm kind of missing out here in Moab is yeah. my mountain bike. This is where this is where you can start, you know, kind of getting some real traction and carving into dirt. And so, anyways, that I think, you know, I said. This game on. We're gonna be good. Yep. Yep. So we start kind of winding our way to the trails. Um, we went into a couple of different washes, which, by the way, even at night were just nutty. The walls are just so high; it kind of feels like they're like, coming in on you, and like one, they just want to reach out and hug you. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Nuts. I mean, you you are basically nestled uh, amongst the rocks. Yeah. Um, and on these little slot, almost slot canyons. They're not. I mean, I don't know if you quite call them slots. No, they're not slots, but they're definitely. I mean, they're deep, but not quite slot canyon deep. Yeah, 20, 20 feet wide. Yeah, not, not too. Like there are some parts where you you're just scraping by. Yeah. Um, and you see tire tracks going up these like jagged <laughs> rocks or whatnot. Um, but overall, you're kind of right. You're kind of you've got some room. And, right. Um. So we go. We start going through these canyons, and uh, we come across our first. Uh, the first one. Major obstacle and. So what you end up with is, um, you end up with these uh, this big massive step, or well compared to the other one. So you end up with a step <laughs> and then a massive step. Yeah, so, it's basically your first obstacle times two. Right, 
Yep. So you have to do it kind of twice. Yeah. Um, and then you, so you, the first one's actually easier. So I was able, I saw some guys do it. I saw a guy fail in the second one and he ended up getting winched up. And then I kind of made that slow walk back to my rig thinking and contemplating going, what did I get myself right, into? Right. Right. Um, but then kind of just resolving that, okay, for whatever it is, we're, we're doing it. And yep. I saw the guy get winched up and I'm like, you know, worst case, I'm hoping that's it. And, and luckily it was because yep. I got up to it. I got up to the first step, got up that, you know, everyone's cheering and, you know, stoke again, started to go up, um, got to the second one, managed to get my front wheels up on yep. to the shelf, which was yep. awesome. I was proud of that. Um, but it stalled again. And so pressure was on. It was, yep. like I said, it was drizzling. You just kind of wanted to move on. It was dark. The darkness added levels to this. Oh, it does. Psychologically. Because, yeah. You that get I'd this even weird like, tunnel vision and you're, you, cause you can't see what's going on around you. People kind of come and go in and out of your periphery and in the in field of view because it's pitch dark. Yep. Like it's, there's it makes your world feel real small because all you can see is where that light beam is. That's it. Your world feels small and if it brings up the anxiety a little bit. It really bit. does. Yeah. And I, and I can see how you can come to love it. So I'm not quite, I, I I've come to love crawling. Yeah. So this is going to be a larger part of what I want to do moving forward. Sure. But I, I wasn't in love with, with the night in the situation with how many unknowns there are and just, it was just a weird vibe. I can but, tell you one thing. I finally actually saw rock lights used for what they were intended for. Right. That, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so you could actually see. So like, you could actually yeah. see where you, what rock you needed to hit and which one you wanted to miss. <laughs> yep. Yep. So there are there are reasons to having these things beyond just lighting up the underside of your vehicle. Or showing off in a parking lot. And purple <laughs> in a parking lot. Yeah. At the mall, as they say. Um, but uh, but I got up that first one. I got up to the second one. Got the wheels up, and then. And then it was kind of game on. Then it got right. real, real. It got real, yeah. It got real, real. And, you know, uh, Dusty again came, kind of talked, said, hey, I want your right tire here. I want you uh, to kind of get up. I got up. He's all, and then I want you to throttle it. Right, because you got to get like, that rear bump. Oh, man, I've seen so many of these damn fail videos where the guy goes, throttle it. And the guy throttles it, but he overthrottles it. And so there wasn't quite a specified level of throttle. Well, usually to the, the, the bump. dude ends up on his back. Well, that wicked yeah. bump is typically on the front wheel. When they bump on the front wheel and it goes. Yeah. And it goes up. So Not the back so much wheel, on the rear. Yeah. The rear one, you want to bump because it because what it does is it, it, compresses, the front pull you. it compresses the suspension. And it, then you just get this rebound and you bounce up and then you throttle to grip. Because the front tires will then pull exactly. you as your ass is in the air. Exactly. And get you that much further on that obstacle exactly. to where then you can get traction, right? You need that momentum to kind of pull you up the shelf. Look, if you get it your first time, I am so stoked for you. I didn't get it. I didn't get it my second time. And let me tell you a little something about my, my second time. I yeah. did the damn hop. And yeah. the hop, that's just where disaster happens, right? That damn oh, hop. Oh, totally. And it's like, just didn't didn't manage to get it going and, and it's a scary ass feeling man dude super scary and uh dusty at one point goes i don't even see your lockers engaging on the front my yeah. ears were fine and my locker i looked at the display and the locker looked like it was on so i'm gonna have to check that out and see like what's what yeah it's for sure happening that way but regardless um they didn't quite make it up that they bought they busted out the winch hooked me up yep and i'll tell you there was this there's this immense feeling of disappointment and yeah like let's forget that i just did the first one which was good you know it was a solid like ledge that you know oh totally if you've if you've gone through 
Um, I think the the trail was called 3D that yep. led to the pickle. Yep. Um, you probably know what I'm talking about. But for for a total amateur um, novice who has a manual stick shift, uh, six six manual six MT uh, Jeep with a rooftop tent and awning. The awning is about. 50 pounds the rack's 90 pounds and the tent is 185 pounds wow so all together you're looking at like 320 pounds of weight good lord at a very <laughs> at a high point and i've got the lower legs on the on the rack so it's yeah. not as bad as it could be but you're yeah. up there yeah, the weight is up there and it's yeah. a and it's a and it's a and it's working against you so any any swing or any sway um it's compounded by this weight right right well you know rhino rock's gonna love me fsr is gonna love me um uh, free spirit because I managed to do a lot of shit, I think, that people normally would not think that somebody with a rooftop tent could accomplish. Right. And as a result of doing those things, I've managed to convince myself that should we come to a point where it gets a little sketchy or I'm faced with a similar obstacle, I'm that much more prepared. Right. And how to deal with it and how to achieve, like overcome and achieve uh, what I set out to do in, yep. on any of these runs. Um, and it's a great feeling and, it, and it's a feeling of empowerment, but that moment of getting winched up, I did feel disappointed. Yeah. And it's like what I told you right after it was kind of all said and done, I go, look, man, these guys are here to build that driver IQ, right? Just the fact what, what they care about, what they respect is, is not if you failed at the obstacle, it's how you handle it. Right. Right. Do you tuck tail and say, I'm done, or this isn't for me, or do you learn kind of you know reevaluate reassess and then reattack and yep. i think that's what you did right and that's what that's what they respect that's what that's what all of us do right all I, mean, of us I hope everybody that. does that i mean I, yeah. I hope you never you never back off from a challenge you never back away from when life offers you an opportunity to be great right in your own story like do not walk away from that. Do I not that's... take that lower road. Take the high road. Take take that one that maybe is a little windier, a little harder. Totally. And 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 just make it happen. I think that's kind of like the underscore of this entire series of of this podcast. Yeah. Is it happened when we were on our way out when we were deciding whether or not to come out here at all, right? And we're like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just go. We'll we'll leave. We leave at five in the morning. Do a twelve hour drive. It's going to be some adversity out. to this, but yep. let's Same do it. thing on these runs where it's late at night. Let's do it. It's raining. Let's do it. It's a challenge that you've never done before. Let's do it. You know, yeah. and even right now, <laughs> we got to record two episodes. It's almost six. Let's do it. We still got to drive 12 <laughs> hours. Let's drive do 12 it. 12 hours. Um, and we'll see if uh, Ollie and Frank still have a podcast after this drive because we're going to be tired, cranky. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm already getting hungry again, so yeah, I'm about too. to be hangry. Um, yeah. But, uh, Let's but, not yeah. think about that. I don't want to think about. Just listen to me. Do it. Yeah. Just, I mean, this is my Shia LaBeouf moment. <laughs> Just do it. Do it. Like, you guys need to get out there and you need to experience America and you need to see these different sites and you need to get away from your local trail and you need to get out there and you need to do it. Yeah. You need yep. to get in your rig, realize it has a lot more capability than you might give it credit for. Oh, I say or this. It, yeah. You know, if it doesn't, you know, get the parts that will that will allow it to do so. Go learn how to drive it. Don't just be one of these guys going out there and like wrecking your shit because then you're not having a good time. Right. Just, but do it. Like do it, do it in a smart way. Yeah. I say this all the time that I think that um, vehicles are way more capable than most people give them credit for. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't like plan your lines and be 
cognizant of what your limitations are. It just it just means that, you know, sometimes fear takes over and kind of influences a decision when in fact it's possible. Yeah. Right? You know what? Screw this. It's not even about overlanding and off road. No. It's about your life. I mean, I look back on everything I led up to like building my rig, for instance, yeah. or I look back on everything I went into building my two kids, you know, it was all pursuing things that maybe I felt at some point, and, I'm, and I can guarantee you I felt at some point that was unattainable or it was beyond me. And who am I, right? Sometimes I don't know if you guys ever think this, but it's like I think this often. Like, right. who am I, like, to go after that, or who am I to go do this, or you know, this thing that I that I want to have, or this this like promotion that I that I feel like I want right. to go after. Who am I? And you know what? Who else? Yeah. If not I mean, you, then who, right? Yeah, I, I've I mean, got that is... on my grab handle. Like, if not me, then who? It's like, that's a that's a really altruistic quote that I have in my Jeep, but you could also apply that just for your own life, like goals and and, and achievements and your, your to benefit you and your future, go after that which you want. Yep, that's what I say. Sorry, that's my, that's my little way. I get passionate about this because <laughs> I have so many people that'll come up to me, like some people like, you know, if we go back to the off-road thing, like, how do you get sponsors? Well, I just, I had a plan. Yeah, I had a plan. I put a plan together. I, I went after it, and we could have it up. We could have a podcast episode on that alone. Sure, um, sure. And maybe we will. We'll come back to that topic yep. of sponsorships because I think you're now with with your trucky build. You're getting yeah. into it. You're kind of in that gauntlet. Um, yeah, and there's a lot. It's a lot involved. But anyways. it is a lot. So you know, it's funny that you say that because um, about like if not you, who else, and all this kind of stuff about just doing it and going for it. One of the things that has always stuck with me that. Um, you know, my dad told me when I was really young, this was probably, I was thinking I was about 14, 13 years old. Um, and I was doing some research for a project and, um, I realized the government gives out a lot of free money, <laughs> mostly in grants. Okay. Right. So I was thinking about like, you know, investing some money in a, I was a, it was a weird kid. Um, but I was thinking about investing some money and he's like, Hey, you know, and I was, and I found out through investment or through research that the government gives out a lot of grants, a lot of free money. Um, and so, but the different, the thing is that you got to do it. You got to fill out a ton of paperwork. You got to read a ton of paperwork. You got to hit a bunch of qualifications and all that kind of stuff. And I said, you know, and he said, look, for every, let's just say that this, that a that hundred people approach this or a thousand people approach this challenge, right? Um, of those thousand people, a hundred of them will accept the challenge Yep. and take that first step. I like that story. Right. You told me this on the way up. Right. And I said, you know, and of, of those hundred, only, only 10 will take the next step. Yep. You know, and of those 10, only one will see it to completion. And if at all, right, maybe some, maybe everyone gives up at the second or third step. Right. And I go, but, but he said a lot of times, the the reason this stuff exists and and the value the measurement of success is just sticking with it well, deciding little, that you want to do it and that you're gonna do it you you even said he went a little deeper than that too he did yeah even so that one person will complete it but then there might be another guy that'll come right but do it better right and you see that happen all the time oh totally just because someone has done it before you doesn't mean it can't be dialed up right right and so you know there's and that's kind of what keeps the wheel turning right and kind of what keeps the thing the challenges coming and it's look my point is it's just like what ali was saying right is it, it's a different way of kind of i guess saying the same thing is look you know it's always a challenge until you know it, it until you tackle it you know, and then you look back and you realize that that what what you thought was impossible was possible, and now your your bar 
for what is a challenge has just increased, which is exactly what I was seeing with, with Ali on these, on this driving, right? Like we hit our first obstacle, uh, you know, way back with Warren, which way, way back, oh, a mere, like a, a mere ago. 12 hours ago. Right. <laughs> and so we, you know, we hit that first obstacle and that seemed insurmountable. And that first obstacle was nowhere near as gnarly as the first dude, obstacle got up, he did on the Yukon run. Dude, you know, we got up to that first obstacle, and I was like looking at it, going, "Oh, I should probably turn around." So I said this in the last podcast, <laughs> and I and I really just kind of said it in in passing, and I said, you know, it comes down to the adjacent possible. And I don't know if I've ever covered that in this no, podcast. No, you didn't. But the ad, for those who don't know, um, I forget his name, and I really shouldn't because I I quote this a lot, and it stuck with me. I I heard it in a conference that I went to like four or five years ago, but it's, it's hugely important and it's, it's, it's an interesting theory, right? So the adjacent possible is basically, basically means that, um, for the, the realm of possibility is, and what's possible is, is related to what's around you, what's near you, what your experiences are, what those, um, supplies, materials, whatever it is that's happening, right, that's cool. yep. is around you. So he used this example how um, in the past NGOs used to give um, incubators to third world countries, Africa, whatnot, right, to help kind of um, solve problems of premature birth and infant mortality and, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Okay. The problem was, and these are like, you know, multi-million dollar incubators, right? And yep. the problem with that, though, is they worked fantastic, Right? While they worked, while they worked, mm. the second they broke down, I can see where this is going. they couldn't fix it. It was yeah. done. It was a multi-million-dollar machine that was now rendered useless, and they were back to square you could one. Teach a, you could you could give a man a fish, yeah, but if you teach him, you can right. feed him. So this is essentially yeah. kind of a kind of a similar theory, right? And so, except that instead of that, you're teaching him how to build a fishing pole too. Right. right and a fishing line and fishing reel and rod and the whole nine yards right it's kind of more along it's a little more complex and mm-hmm. so the so you know there was the realization that they were just throwing money at the problem yep. right so a group of really smart people right came up with this idea that why don't we make an incubator based on supplies that can be sourced locally so they used like a toyota um power system they use like a car battery to power this thing they use like all Mm. these different parts to hodgepodge together and make this really cool advanced um incubator um you know for the NICU but but it was made from regionally sourced parts so when something did go wrong right they were able to fix it and that's thinking in terms of the adjacent possible right what is possible in the moment to to your situation and so when you when you conquer something like this and when you achieve something like this the adjacent possible exponentially expands got it for you at that moment right which is like it did for you yep right what you thought was not possible your your horizon of and realm of possibility immediately expanded exponentially well with, it's it's funny because that's kind of what we talked about with that uh charity that you're interested in getting involved with um, we did yeah we did hit on it slightly that's yeah. where i first mentioned it right mm-hmm. with what kids can do it's like this charity is based on um giving uh gear to underprivileged children who gear maybe, forward yep they don't have uh, yeah it's called gear forward who don't have access to those types of things and as a result um don't get to experience those those experiences and and we were talking about it how like you know i'm i grew up in the inner city um frank was from the inner city. Uh, we both have, right? You, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and, grew up in a. I grew up in the shittiest of shitty neighborhoods when I was a little kid. And it's like, so you <laughs> come from this, but I know for me, I came from 
you know, that, but my father was very involved in getting us outdoors. Sure. And as a result, I always knew that there was more out there. The and world was bigger. And it's funny because my father was not very outdoorsy. He loved fishing and that was kind of his outdoors. Um, and he taught me a lot of great life lessons. But it wasn't until I started um, going camping with one of my best friends in middle school um, that the same thing happened. Right. That I kind of realized my adjacent possible um, increased exponentially. Right? Like um, we talked about how – we talked about this also a while ago about how I've known, I've known about climbing. I've known about right. um, mountain biking and, you know, all these different kind of niche sports, right, and, and really kind of extreme sports. But – you know, up until that moment, to me, it was just something those kids did. Yep. It wasn't something for whatever this kid, reason they yeah. had parents that were into it, or they just they magically had, money, had this access that had I didn't whatever. have. Whatever. Yeah, they had they had access to something that was not possible for me. Or at least that's what you thought. But so the reality I, 100%. was, it was accessible to you and everyone else. They just happened to be into it. Because the first step just seemed so them. so monumental, right? The yep. first step just seemed impossible, and so. You know, that's the one thing that I, and one of the reasons why I've really kind of taken to this charity is because, you know, for a lot of us, the outdoors and the challenges that we've, that we've met in the outdoors have immediately helped us with challenges in our lives. Yep. Right. And I can't, I can't express enough how important it is to get young people in difficult situations to, to, to get practice at addressing challenges and overcoming challenges and succeeding at challenges yep. and 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 then taking that confidence and taking that lesson back home to their everyday lives because that's a game changer. Yep, 100%. So that adjacent possible. Exactly. is is a is a game changer for sure. Yep. Um, so, back to our off-road story. Yep. So, with all that said, <laughs> your adjacent possible just it blew up. <laughs> and you know, that disappointment lasted for a minute. I think part of that was just, you know, the high of the euphoria that you feel in, in the adrenaline rush, right? And then the down, the coming down off of that totally. um, kind of hit me pretty hard and I felt bummed and, you know, you reassured me and a couple guys started walking by and that one dude with the, um, it looked like a... What was that thing? Like a Wagoneer. Yeah. It was uh, a gnarly like build. Like a gnarly, gnarly... It like was just, super awesome. He did not give two fucks about banging in like the rear end totally. into like a rock or whatever. This was just a purpose built rig for him that I yeah. think was his daily driver of just having fun and wheel. Totally. He told us he'd be, he'd had it sideways. He'd uh, yeah. like, like live I've hit all kinds of stuff. On he's this. All, yeah. He's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, you know, you have people like that coming up to you and going, dude, manual transmission. Awesome. That kind of weight. Like they just, they had a lot of appreciation. And I will tell you guys, even if I had the perfect setup, I probably would have had a lot of problems just given the fact that I didn't know how to properly shift or stay in the right power band at low gear. There's, so there's a lot more that I need to learn still. And there's a lot more that I got that I have to experience. But let me tell you, that adjacent possible piece, now I know there's a lot more out there for me. Right. And I'm so excited for like where off-roading is going to take me, my children, my family. 100%. Um, I feel like there's a lot more options open to me than there were 100%. before. 100%. Yeah, and that's... That's what I hope that when you listen to this podcast, I hope if you take anything, it's take that. Yeah. I, mean, I know a lot of you have done this a lot, and that's why you have a passion for it, I believe, um, is because you've experienced that, right? And you know you can take it with you. Uh, but for those of you who are listening who are just now kind of getting into this and beginning to take those first steps, yeah. uh, it's going to get epic. And Dude, it's, gonna, it's and, so much fun. And but... everyone is here to help you. Like This is probably one of the most welcoming, Not, and I'm not talking about Jeep Safari. I'm talking about the off-road community. Right. 
collectively. It's one of the most welcoming, one of the most supportive, one of the most um, giving communities I'm, I'm I've ever been personally a part of. surprised and because I look up to these guys and I think oh they're just such badasses they and don't... by the way all these guys almost all these guys are professional racers to some degree yes a lot of them are yeah, yeah they're on that especially on our trip yeah, yeah there they... were guys talking about racing through these things that were like full-on whoops and oh they're like yeah why are we going so slow it was a ridiculous amount of experience yeah. on this trip which is exactly why I kept pushing Ollie I'm like dude you're not gonna you're not gonna not get, gonna this, get this access, access again 100 yeah or you get it again but not not but anytime dude, soon like yeah. a year from now I yeah guess? exactly yeah. yeah and I've got I've got a couple big things coming up one's the Overland Expo West uh ride uh, from California to Arizona. That's going to be epic. Being planned out by Brad from Troll Recon. So it's not going to be crazy, but we are going to have fun. I know him. Yep. He's going to he's gonna intermix some like, you know, fun things. In right. There. And by fun, I mean a little harder, a little bit more technical. And most likely he's going to be extremely scenic too. Oh, I, I, the pictures, dude. I'll right. have pictures for the year. Um, but yeah, so there's Overland Expo West. So there's going to be a trail run for there. And I'm glad you're coming. Yeah, I'm turns looking out forward that to that. Your project is getting built in line with this. So, yep. you know, That's, you'll yeah, talk so about it when you're ready. I'll talk about it when I'm ready. But yeah. I will say that thanks Thank you to the the sponsors that have stepped forward. Um, in well, you know what? I sign. I <laughs> Goose Gear. I could say is is on board, which I'm super stoked. Those are like those guys are epic. So um, that that I'm really happy about. Um, and KC, obviously, we talk about them a lot. They're helping me out. So um, I'm just gonna jump in and say it that those two guys are are really kind of just helping me get this thing built. Rebel Off Road. Um, again, another company that I've been or business that I've been working with for the last um, two or three years even back when I had the f-150 um, I was working with them as a customer um, for many years and you know I'm getting this you know those are the the real kind of primary supporters um, aside from friends and family right? yep, yep. <laughs> always yeah, sponsored yeah, by white Jason possible right yeah Jason possible um, again in play um, yeah. but so as a result, um, that's one of the reasons why Truckee's not here um, is because Truckee's being worked on um, and getting scheduling done uh, to get that. The lift is finally happening. Um, all the all the accoutrements that come with that are happening. Uh, getting some new lights put on, uh, or additional lights, I should say. The Gravity Pro 6s are never coming off. Love those things. Pac-Man <laughs> is there for life. Right. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen his rig, he's got this. Uh, <laughs> he's, got, he's got like the little dots. That, and pa- He's got Pac-Man eating the little dots with the cherry at the end. Right. And the little That's dots awesome. are little Casey logos. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> right. Little white Casey. So yeah, I, I love that. My wife's idea. Credit to Shannon. That's so awesome. Um, and so, so yeah. So that's what we're planning. Um, it's getting built up for Expo. Um, it'll be ready to rock and roll. Yeah, Expo West. And yep. uh, out in uh, um, Arizona. And then... After that, I've got, I believe in June or July, me and my brother-in-law are still trying to figure it out. But this is like, this is a very personal piece for me because um, if you guys have listened to earlier episodes where I kind of break down what got me into off-road and how I went from having a, um, a Subaru to a Jeep, um, go listen to that. I think it was episode one. Episode one, yeah. yeah episode one, the, the origin story. The origin um, story, yeah. <laughs> but I kind of break down like, you know, got stuck and, and, and what have you. So, you know, the, the Subaru is what got me, you know, into it, got me like fully invested. And then, um, what I wanted to do with the build with the Jeep was I wanted to build a re- vehicle, right. That was fully capable and yes. able to do everything. And, yes. Um, kind of represented 511 really well, but also represented like me having a family and not wanting to ever put them in a bad position again. Um, well to cap off that story, uh, my brother-in-law, he's, kind of pushed me to get more into the crawling side of things he was he's one of the biggest like influencers of me to 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 want to get out there and start to do some stuff um but i just haven't done it until this trip 
but he he was pushing me to do Rubicon with him. So I thought oh, that was wow. I thought the Rubicon Trail in June July was going to be my first real foray into actual crawling, and I'm glad it's not because I think we're going to have a lot more fun now. Definitely um, a lot more with fun. What now. the experience that I got from this trip, hundred percent. And I imagine there's a lot more for me to learn. Like I said, that there's going to be things on this Rubicon trip that I'm going to like experience. Yeah. But for me to get through the Rubicon is to go from being that dude stuck in six inches of mud in a Subaru wagon to a guy who has now achieved some things that um, proper crawlers have have gone and done. Yeah, it's it's just you know. Like, you know, like we say like in the, fast it's your, you know, personal best, right? I think it's you get your, your PR, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so keep going, man. So long, long story short, uh, we're going to do the Rubicon and I'm looking forward to it. But this, this pickle, this, huh. this series of obstacles, so we, so we got winched up and I'm like, man, okay. So was that it? No, nope. it's not it. The, the third and gnarliest of them all. I mean, in between that. So the third, what there was like this third piece, but between some of these like gatekeepers, there were like right. some really steep inclines, yep. some some really steep declines with yep. major steps, like to where it was those kind of steps where you kind of like inch it, inch it, inch it, hit the brakes, and then and the front drop. end just kind of slowly slides down. Yeah. Like you are no longer moving. No, like at that point, it's your gravity. Volition. Yeah, <laughs> it's just gravity. Gravity's <laughs> taking over. Yeah. <laughs> So there was a lot of cool stuff on this on this trail. But yeah, then we get to this third piece of this pickle and <laughs> so the pickle just a quick a quick explanation is the pickle is in Bartlett Wash. Um it's it's three uh gatekeepers, essentially three basically obstacles. Basically back to back. Yeah. And basically what happens yeah is that and and they increase, right? So the first one is the easiest, second one is harder, third is the hardest. Um and they just get the difficulty rating just kind of keeps going up, up, up. It gets ramped up each time. And they're in pretty short consecutive orders compared to the other ones. Like you kind of go maybe a half mile, yep. next one. Then another quarter mile, next All one. All I know is we got to that. We were getting around a couple of the bends of the third one. And you hear <laughs> what sounds like a formula car. Oh, my gosh. It firing up like its a, engines at the streets of Long Beach. You it know? sounded like a drag racer taking off. Like a drag, like just, Dude. yeah. And I'm like, what was that dragon's roar coming from inside that canyon? It was just you know? echoing through the canyons too, which made it all that much more. I thought dramatic. it was like right around the corner. It and wasn't. We didn't totally. see him for a long time. What where that obstacle was, and yeah, it makes sense now. That was yeah. that power wagon. I that think was, that yeah. was that was gnarly, so gnarly. So I walk up again. And yeah, I, I told uh, you I go because you were psyched out at this point. You were like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I had to get into the last one. This is well, getting. There was nothing. There was nothing to do. I knew like that was it. Like, yeah, and so I go, look, man. Either way, this is the only way out. Right. Because either you go back the way you came, which was gnarly, or you go forward, which is gnarly. So I go, either way, we're going forward. But I go, but look, before you psych yourself out and get in your own head, get out, walk up, take a look at it, watch some people do it because there's like 15 people ahead of us. Yep. So, you know, we're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. So just go up there and check it out. And I did. And I, and I walked up there. And the cool thing was is when I walked up, I saw one of the rigs to my left they did it really easy. Yeah. It was a it was a JK hardtop, um, JKU four four door, and he got up and I heard Dusty go. That was a perfect you know, that was a perfect path. You know, I was like, uh, or perfect line. That yeah. was a perfect line, and I was like, oh, that looked really easy. I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I and I looked. Everyone's talk, as I was walking up, people were like, do you have a hardtop? Wait, you you're the guy with the tent. Ooh, and I'm like, what are you what are you talking about? Yeah, did and you so, did you not see that that finger? Well, yeah, I was as I was walking up to that trailhead yeah um or to that gatekeeper people were 
asking me or, or commenting on the fact that I had the tent. I was the guy with the yeah. tent. Yeah. So I hadn't seen that finger yet. But yeah, so on the on this left side of the trail, there's a finger of rock that sticks out that like is just there to scrape whatever you have on top of it's your rig. It's a beefy off. rock. Like it's a big rock. It yeah. basically looks like a giant arrowhead. Yep. And it just sticks out about maybe what, 12 feet or eight feet, not even that tall, about eight feet off the trail, Yep. above the trail. And it's like, and it, and it just j- jets out about two and a half feet, and it's razor sharp. And of course, y- you can you can approach the obstacle and not touch it. The problem is when you bounce off the obstacle. Yeah, if you don't if you don't do it perfectly, guess where you go? You're doing the hop. You go straight into that thing, and that finger is just waiting to grab oh, you. It's just it, it's just a, ready it, to poke you in the eye. It's right a razor there. blade, just ready to lop the top off of your jeep. And you saw some bad shit. Oh though. yeah, I saw some bad shit go Tell down. Tell me about that. that. So, um, I was up there. I had my camera because Ollie had asked me to do video. So I was taking pictures of everybody else. But then when Ollie came up, I was going to do video. So I go up there. I jumped out, and um, I'm watching just the shenanigans, just like the crazy like debauchery happening on this thing. And it's just, it's a gnarly climb. Like very few people actually did it in the first shot. Um, I think only like three or four. Everybody else had to kind of retry and retry. And um, one guy completely ripped the trim. I think it was the guy with the Wagoneer. Um, He went up, hit the wall with his rear tires, and then bounced back like four feet straight into it. And because he bounced, he actually, the hook basically went into his window area and just ripped out. It ripped out the, um, the trim all around the window luckily he had no rear window so it just went in yeah. and then it, but when he slid off of it, it just gutted the trim just completely shredded it and so there were just chunks of metal he made it up on the next try and so but every single time he hit a bump on the way up the gatekeeper a chunk of metal would fall off <laughs> so, so everybody jumped down and this, picked him this up. trail was truly no joke no it wasn't and then if that wasn't gnarly enough another guy comes up with a hard top looked really good actually he came in a really good line he approached it really well had good momentum and then he got about halfway up and the thing just gave out like he just it started sliding started sliding and then he rolled back and same thing he rolled right into it and the whole top corner of his back hard top just got shredded it looked like someone took like like a chainsaw to this thing just completely ate it and ripped it apart um the rear glass just popped like someone shot it like it just burst instantly and it was i mean it was like the scariest moment i was like holy crap that was gnarly um really crazy so i didn't have the best feeling about this obstacle like even going into even i was like i don't know dude this is like right this does not there's there's in my opinion and this is not like being critical i just don't see you with the weight of the vehicle and the ability that you're at right now doing this in one shot. Sure. And, and this has to be a one-shot obstacle or you have to be willing to lose parts or paint. Right. So here's here's where this other little life lesson comes in. And that's if you haven't quite gotten to this point, get there quick. But forget the pride. Yeah. 100%. I mean, take pride in your work. Take pride in what you do. Take pride in being a of good character, uh, of, of standing beside what you what you say. But, but don't take pride in having to take a certain line um, up, a, up a hill in a rig uh, when you don't have the experience to back it. This is the one where we do say, you know, know your limitations, right? Know your you limitations. Make, you, you accept challenges, but you go into them smartly, right? Calculated risk. And this is one of those situations where um, the calculation just said, take take the detour. Yep. Right? And, take uh, the bypass. 
And so there was this bypass. And it's funny because I walked up the bypass to go get the view <laughs> of the trail. And I'm looking down at this bypass going, you know, it, this is doable, I think. Yeah. And totally like, you know, I can do this bypass. And I was also thinking, shit, I think I could do this this obstacle because it, right. it looked a little less sketchy than the second one, the second right. gatekeeper. Um, but I told myself, no, if we can do this bypass, let's do this bypass. So when I when I got up there, um, one of uh, Dusty's uh, support team members comes up and he goes, hey, um, Dusty wants you to take the bypass. This is a little sketchy. He's worried about your tent. He doesn't yeah. want you to like, you know, and I'm like, super thankful. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for that. And you know what? I saw the bypass and it came up around the right-hand side and then it goes onto this like shelf. It was a little sketchy. And the shelf is <laughs> the super narrow. Sketchy. Like, yeah. I mean, literally enough room with drop-offs with a and, and the like, drop-off is tire in, size 37 inch tire size drop-offs like the drop-off is into the obstacle yeah like it drops into that obstacle like another like six feet down or eight feet down so there's like these little like alcoves cut into the rock that like just sink down like i said um that's right. what i was referring to the size of oh, the right, 37 right. inch tire um so i just pictured myself like getting into one of those holes and then just it's the sliding. whole thing tipping over yeah. sliding um but no uh dusty once again 100 percent correct knew it nailed it Nailed it and got through that. Laughs, cheers, and smiles. And that was it. And that was pretty much it. And then we kind of went back. Went we back. helped them tear down that massive circus tent. Tent, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, said our goodbyes, said our thank yous. And, and we headed and out. And we headed out. And uh, once again, we were back at the hotel just about 1231 in the morning. <laughs> and then and, we woke up this morning. <laughs> and then we woke up this morning. And what we thought we weren't going to do, right? Because we came in, we're like, oh, dude, we're going to get pictures for for, for Neil. Um, I'll give him the best ones that he wants. I had some photos I needed to do for 5.11, so I'm like, we'll take care of some of those photos, and we'll do our podcast. We'll Today get was supposed to be, like, basically administrative. Yeah. Right? Like, we were going to go get coffee, go do some photos um, that we needed to kind of document, do the podcast on the banks of the Colorado River right there in town. Yep. Um, and then leave. Right? We were, gonna, we were planning to be out by noon. Um, I don't even want to look at what time it is right I now. don't. Um, <sighs> no, you don't. And yeah, because I'm going to probably freak out. Um, <laughs> Frank, yeah, you do that. He, Frank likes a schedule. Like, oh, I love a schedule. He likes man. it when it's like, you know what you're going to do and you just stick to that. Yeah. But at least at least you're willing to go for the adventure. Yeah, exactly. you did that. Every single moment was like, okay, let's do that instead. Let's yeah, do that instead. That's so true. I've seen that in you. You kind of, <laughs> you've grown too. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. So we both, we both grew on this trip. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but so yeah. we stopped at the gas station to meet. To say just to say hey, high five our friends, right? Yeah, we, my buddy um, uh, Tony had invited me along with his uh, with his group, Romer, um, and I told him Frank was coming. He was like, "Yeah, dude, you guys both." Uh, Tony's the same one who did the the podcast episode with yep, Frank and I. That's right. Uh, so you know that's where you guys became friends. Yep. So when I told him you were coming along on the trip, he was like all for it. Um, and then we uh, we were originally going to go on a run with them, and then. We woke up this morning. We said, "Hey, let's just do this coffee thing, yeah. photo thing, and, and say hi." And we had very, very long nights already, so we were like, "Let's just, you know, uh, be conservative." Right. And then we end up meeting them at this gas station after getting coffee because Tony hits me up. He says, "Oh, I saw your Jeep in town. Looks good." And you know, went on his way. And I'm like, "Oh, t- uh, Frank, let's go. Uh, let's go meet up with the guys just real yeah, quick at yeah. this gas station. Let's say hi." So we go. We say hi. We say bye. We say, yep. all right, dude, we leave. I forgot what I said, but I said something that I don't regret because it was, this has been epic, but I said something that I said, we got to record the podcast anyway. Right. We may as well do it out on the trail yep. with these guys. 
So let's just go. Let's just go. They were talking about being done around noon too. Well, I felt so bad again. Like I'm like, well, I'm kind of dragging you along. I don't want you to feel like, you know, you have to, but you right. again, we're just like, you know what, dude, I know we have a 12 hour drive at the end of this. And like, cause I was pretty adamant. Like I do not right. want to stay overnight, um, in a hotel. I just want to get back. Cause I have to work tomorrow morning, right. <laughs> dude. So you, 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 what you said, I was like, you know, you're right. Like, and then, then you, then you think about being here in Moab for Easter Jeep Safari and it's a, it's a yearly event. And when's the next time we're doing this? Exactly. Right? Maybe next year. At so, this point I was like, dude, we just got to go all let's in. Let's go after the adventure. Yeah. Let's just go all in. And then, so we, we like go to a gas station. Turns out they didn't have premium because <laughs> you get the supercharger. Yeah, to go back to the earlier <laughs> gas station where we met everybody who had already passed us. So I'm like, all right, let's So get they gas. told us where they were going to be for the trailhead and basically how to get there. And so we said, all right, we'll catch up. And we, we and we booked it. We booked it. We Potash got Road. Yeah, down, down to Potash. We went out Potash. Uh, took Potash Road until it became basically Schaefer. But we um, almost stopped at Poison Spider. Almost. Yeah. Because we I because like I saw guessing. this. He said Tony had said that the road that we were on would turn into a dirt road, and then he said we'd take it for about ten down. miles. Yeah. And turn into a dirt road. Yep. And we see Poison Spider show with a bunch of jeeps on it. That also is a dirt road, but it, but it shoots forks off. off. Yeah, it's a fork. And I'm thinking to myself, Amal, has Tony, was that it? Has Tony been here before? Or is he just saying something that Troy told him? And right. I, I'm so glad I didn't give into that voice because, uh, yeah, it was at the very end of this road, like 10, 12 miles, whatever. Yeah, it's it was. pretty deep. And uh, and it turns into a dirt road. And, and then we saw an 18 wheeler coming, and I said, no, there's no way. There's this no way it's in, a dirt road. At there's the end no of this. way this turns into a yeah. dirt road because there's an 18 wheeler coming right at us. But there was a factory. Turns out there was a factory at the yep. end of this road. That's it's like a it's like a mining. It's, it's like, like yeah. a mining facility. Yeah, it's like a facility. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you don't know, like there's a lot of uranium out here too, and uh, of other minerals, but uranium's also a big uh, kind of deal in Utah um, in these parts. But uh, um, we we get we get there, we find them, uh, we link up with them. Everyone's already started. Right as we were having doubt and the, and the, the road turned to dirt and we're still having a little bit of doubt. We look up and we see them going up the hill. Yep. Right. We see all of we're them like, in okay, line, like sweet. ants marching up this little hill. And we're like, there they are. We made it. We, we found them. Yep. And, uh, and we got up to them and, you know, it was like high fives and, you know, Tony had already known cause I communicated with him and, and my buddy John from castle or also knew his truck looked awesome by the way. Like, yeah. Yeah. A little out of place. Yeah, little little out of place. He had all jeeps, and then John's truck, which just stood <laughs> out because it's such a burly build. Yeah, this four door two fifty Super Duty with like this uh, this bed that he's still working on. Yep, um, steel bed. But uh, but yeah. Anyways, so meet up and oh, dude, again, just so thankful that we listened to the voice of adventure. Yep. Um, God, what rather a, than the voice of doubt? Because what a beautiful trail. I mean, right now I'm freezing my ass off. So I'm, I'm, I'm I'm ready to training an icicle. But, you know, the sun's going down now. No major obstacles whatsoever. It's just a really solid trail. There's a couple totally. dips here and there, but nothing nothing that any stock vehicle couldn't do with some Yeah, clearance. this is basically a graded road. Yeah. There's a couple of like bumpy sections, but when I say there's a couple of bumpy sections, you could you could do this. There's Hondas on this. Yeah, you could yeah, do this okay. in a stock 4x4 vehicle. You could do this in a stock problems. regular vehicle. Yeah, this like, trail is a graded road, but the beauty of this trail is that it is hands down the most scenic trail that I've been on in Utah so far. Yeah. This trail is freaking gorgeous. And I mean, it dumps you out. Um, the Colorado River. The right? Colorado River. There's the horse, Horseshoe Bend. Well, not not the famous one not from the Arizona. One, not the one with all the, the tourists, but the one without the tourists. Right. Which it, is what I love. Right. There's a horseshoe, right, where the Colorado River kind of comes around. And there's an amazing lookout that you can park up on. Dude, there's room for tons of people. Yep. They, so you don't have to be right up next to each other. Uh, we had lunch there. 
which was gorgeous. Um, uh, lunch of uh, half of a half. This just explains quarter, why I'm so hungry. A quarter I just realized, of a turkey and cheese sandwich that I stole from one of John's daughters. I just realized that we've <laughs> had a quarter of a sandwich all day. Like, now I know why I'm so hungry. Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, talking about food. Food. Um, food, please. Food and warmth. I, I don't know why I don't um, bring jackets wind, with me every time we do the these things. The wind just picked. It was warm out here like, super warm. like 10 minutes ago. But, but the wind picked up. The, the sun's Jeep's, going down. The Jeep's about like, you know, 200 feet away. So, so the um, I think we have a hard stop on this podcast due to hypothermia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hard stop. Um, so we do this thing, right? And we have this beautiful, again, beautiful ph- photographs. You guys are going to see all this too. Um, That's some new friends. Some new friends. Yep. Um, and then the best part was yet to come, right? We were debating doing the podcast there at the at the Horseshoe, um, mostly, again, due to time. Right. And I, I, again, went against my better judgment and said, you know what? My gut is telling me that the best is still yet to come and that and I knew at this point that we were going up the switchbacks of the Schaefer Trail to climb out of this uh, climb out of this valley it's crazy S's man we're looking we're actually overlooking these S's right now which to me has always been kind of a a bucket list thing to do Schaefer Trail even though it's easy it's just this beautiful shelf road that kind of switchbacks you know up and gets you out of the valley and I've always 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 wanted to do it and I said you know we have to cap this with this trail there'll be probably a mesa at the top that we can do the podcast from which worked out perfectly which actually there was there yeah. was and so i said let's do it so and off so we, we went it. we did it and uh and then and then and came then, and then came a new passion that i didn't know i had right which i always thought i could have but was never tried and tested but i did my first not one but two. two rescues. Two rescue. Two two uh, two rescues. So it didn't um, involve a winch or anything, but it did involve toe straps, and it involved me towing somebody up. So, <laughs> which is also a funny story. <laughs> I towed a jeep, and we talked about this we actually. About this, so yeah. Ollie were, and I were driving, and we saw obviously a lot of towed vehicles coming in, coming over here, right? And so I was thinking about like if I ever did a big crazy build and needed to tow a jeep. He's like, I wonder if Kate, how Kate would do towing. Right. And I said, I mean, I'm sure you can handle it. There's a there's a weight rating on a stock Jeep. Yep. You know, yours is above stock and has a supercharger. So there's, yeah. I'm sure you could tow. I mean, your gas mileage is going to take a dump, but you could do it. And so turns out I can. Turns out he can, and we got to test that twice. Twice. So uh, <laughs> first was uh, with a uh, with a couple of solid dudes um, that we met uh, with the group. Uh, I think they were in a. They were CJ? from Mich- they were from Michigan. Yep. Was yeah, a- they were just outside of um, Ann Arbor. Super cool guys. So interesting thing about this build, um, about this thing, I don't know if you know this, um, it actually sat in his yard for three years. Yeah. Um, yeah. They built it over the course. They restored it. Got it, it was, running uh, over think... the over the course of three weekends. Right. It took him only three weekends to get this to get the rust out. To he told me he it pulled, was a project that he had just kind of forgotten about. Yeah. It had like weeds going around. He had the bat. The dashboard was covered in moss, so much of it that they needed a five gallon bucket to carry it out. Uh, I didn't hear that story. That's yeah, it was oh. disgusting. This thing was gross. They had like squirrels' but nests. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have to- been able. You wouldn't to have tell. known that. You yeah. wouldn't have realized that. And I couldn't believe they did this in three weekends. But that kind of showed when he stalled out. It showed. So what happened? So if you haven't seen Schaefer's Trail, we're going to show you pictures, or you can Google it. It's beautiful. Google um, it. But it's a real steep kind of like it's a lot of elevation and it's a grind it's slow so um and it's a real narrow road so these older vehicles that maybe didn't have the best systems or had a weak spot this is where it was going to show kind of tested it yeah this is where that weak spot was going to get tested and so they had a um a sensor issue with like their Crank, what he said. crank, crank yeah. sensor. 
yeah it was kind of like messed up or something and he said it tends to do this when it's going uphill and overheating in elevation he said yeah yeah and, and so, so he he felt pretty confident in the flats but unfortunately on, on this on this end of the trail it's just it's uphill, just up. pretty much it's just up yeah even even like on the switchback um there's this kind of like you know that flat spot as it transitions it's still a little uphill so we towed him all the way up until it kind of flattened out, and then he was able to start. And then it started, yeah. But as soon as he started, yeah, it was Troy's literally. dad in the patina Jeep, the, was it, Commando? The Commando. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it started smoking. Sorry, it just a whole bunch of white smoke, and it was the, <sighs> the craziest part. Literally, not more than 10 seconds after, after he I said, unhooked. I got it started and unhooked, Yeah. that, that we heard on the radio, the Commando just blew up. And so we go up there, and sure enough, like I don't know what was going on with it, but a bunch, a ton of white smoke came out of it. We couldn't get it, get it going. Um, they were messing with it, and it just wasn't, it wasn't coming together. So, so Ollie, then I towed Troy's dad. Ollie hooked up, you know, got towed, towed him up the rest of the Romer way. Romer Senior, yeah, uh, got him, got him up the entire freaking trail. Yeah, up the whole thing, got him Kate, up to the, got Kate him to the was exit. a champ. Kate was a champ, handled oh, it beautifully. Man. Ollie handled it beautifully. Like it was, it was perfect you know what was crazy is that that was my second um rescue and people were listening to me yeah and i don't think they would have done that had i not done everything else i had done prior yeah to that there's a confidence yeah the confidence i think that you build in just getting out here and really just doing it um is unparalleled yeah it was it was super awesome so you know, we dropped them off the top. They took off already a long time ago. Oh, they're, yeah, long. They're, you know what? They probably already came back with a trailer probably. and took it. Yeah. It's probably, it's, we've been here that long. Where we so, may see them. It'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, on that note, like to end on that high, like this is just. And now been, overlooking this and doing the podcast for yeah. the last few hours. Um, go listen to part one if you haven't. But this has just been like. On, can we take a moment? An epic weekend. Yeah. And just, just stare at this. Yeah, man. So incredibly quiet. That's and what beautiful. it's about. And the wind died down right the now. The wind died down. For, just for that moment. It was, so, <laughs> it was actually so perfect. Here comes the wind again. Here comes the wind. It was so perfect. Don't say the W word. <laughs> As my buddies Adam and Olaf would say, don't say W. Yeah. W is a bad word. W is when, bad you're, word. when you're camping yeah. or really don't, don't go. Don't go and say the W word when you yeah. go camping. But, uh, but yeah, guys. Uh, thanks for, thanks for uh, listening in. Thanks for sharing the adventure. Um, yeah. I hope you guys, if you haven't, get out there and go do it. Um, there's all kinds of different trips that get planned by different people. Easter Jeep Safari is a massive one by Red Rock Crawlers, but there's like things like uh, um, Camp for Low. They do Baja trips where they do right. a little bit of uh, crawling as well. I, I've seen. Um, so there's there's access out there for you. Just get on the forums or start talking to people and and find out where these things are and go after them. Um, and you know maybe maybe on some future Rick for Dirt events we'd love to have you too. So. Yep. So again, you know, thanks to everyone for listening. If you get anything from this podcast, I hope it's the the kind of the drive for adventure and, you know, that you have that your horizons are are ready to be expanded. Yeah, absolutely. So, so thanks for Just listening get and out thanks there and for do it. thanks for all the amazing feedback that we've received and support that we've yeah, received I'm surprised. for this podcast. Thank you. Um we're going to continue doing it as long as you guys continue enjoying it. Yep. Um so with that said, um, let's pay some bills let's pay and some bills. get out of here. We'll keep this one short. So thanks to uh, thanks to the sponsors that made this possible. Uh, Casey Highlights, which, you know, we love their products. We love them as people. Uh, we just have a good time not only with them, but also all the people that they sponsor. They tend to attract really, I'm not speaking for myself, but they tend to attract really good people in their group. And their products are, are really um 
they're well made. Yeah. They're really well made. They're really rugged because with the amount of abuse these these types of lights take and the types of rigs that they're on, uh, I saw so many people riding KCs at this event. Um, and, and you're talking about thousands of Jeeps everywhere. So to see that much is telling. Yep. It's, and these hardcore crawlers depend on KC yep. to get them through these, you know, night runs or what have you. And we've seen them everywhere, not just people buying them and using them for themselves, right? Yep. Like we've seen them everywhere. They're, they're definitely one of the one of the preferred ones out here. Um, so on that note, um, if you do want to get yourselves a, a set of KCs, uh, feel free to hit any of us up, whether it's Ollie at Kate the Jeep, myself at Trucky McTruckface, or even at Rigged for Dirt yep. um, on that Instagram account. Shoot us a DM and uh, we'll make sure that you are taking care of yep. and we'll and have a we'll have a we'll have a little something for you a little something something for you yep. all right on that note um who's next yukon gear and axle yukon gear and axle thank you so much to these guys for not only giving us a great time out here and 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 doing something for me which i'm going to remember for the rest of my life 100 percent um but also for facilitating uh this opportunity to come out here to easter jeep safari you know 511 tactical which is my my third thank you um they weren't having a booth this year, so I couldn't really justify, you know, hitting them up uh, to pay for my travel. Sure. As this is something that I really wanted to do for myself as well. UConn stepped in. They paid for it. KC got us our rooms, actually. Um, so thank you to UConn. I run their gears in my vehicle with the amount of abuse and the amount of pounding that those <laughs> things got from my lack of experience on oh, this trip. Oh, they were squawking this weekend. I am I'm so surprised that there was not a single sound or hiccup when i had to drop her in a four low and tow out to it was awesome it was so good stuff good stuff um great people great company check them out uh hit me up if uh if you have any questions i'd be happy to answer and uh for the third one of course 511 tactical thank you for uh letting me come out thank you for making amazing products which i enjoy wearing myself not just because i drank the kool-aid just because it's really well made um and for being part of this community which is about preparedness and we are about preparedness and then finally um rig supply um these guys have been with us from the beginning yeah uh it's thanks to luke who really that that uh adjacent what what did you call it adjacent possible adjacent possible was luke for me because i didn't have a lot of relationships within the industry when i first started out with my project he exposed me to people. It's it's easy to say you did it on your own, but Luke from Rig knew so many people because he's been in this industry for a minute and he understands off-roading, he understands uh, Overland. He put me in touch with those people selflessly and for no benefit other than me getting what I needed to do for what I wanted to do. And so, this goes back to what we said earlier, right? This is a small community. It's a giving community. Yep. It's, you know... It's good people helping good people. Um, Just can't forget those who help you get to where you want exactly. to be. Exactly. And and Rig Supply was that for me, and now that's why we support them with what we do. Um, they've also you also have developed a relationship with them yep. to where um, I believe you're going to be testing out their Universal Ultra Swing. Universal Ultra Swing. Um, yeah. You haven't gotten to do that yet because we kind of took off on this trip. We did. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when we get back, you're going to do that. Yeah, That'll we'll be talk to them. Yep. Cool to check out and talk about. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean, this has been an amazing epic journey. Thank you so much for joining us on it. Um, I appreciate every single one of your listens, please. If you, uh, if you're listening and you haven't given us a rating, be honest, I don't care. Give us one star, but go out there, give us a review. That way we become stronger. We become better, or we can be more confident what we're doing. I know know we're doing it right. A hundred percent. Jump on iTunes, give us a review. It helps if you actually write something, uh, a comment or something that helps us or helps or that or a reason that you like it so that others can see and, uh, go ahead and click subscribe. Um, and you know where to find us, right? Uh, we're at riggedfordirt.com on Instagram. You can find it at riggedfordirt. 
Um, you can also find Ali. Uh, Kate the Jeep. You can find myself at Trucky McTruckface. And on that note, thanks so much for listening. We're glad that you guys are with us on this adventure. And we will catch you on the next one. See ya. See ya.